Hello and welcome into another episode of Podcast 63. It is season five, episode nine. Uh, this week we just uh, we had a midweek episode last week, so we only have one game to talk about. But I'm pretty sure that we have a lot to talk about for this one game. Um, as you know, we took on our cross city rival in DePaul and lost in overtime. So we will be breaking down um, a lot of good from the game. There was a lot of positive things to take away. Of course, with any loss, there's stuff to, to work on. So uh, we'll talk about that as well. Um, but a lot of just like kind of fun tidbits from the game. Um, you know, it's, it's a cool rivalry. We had some some Chicago people talking about it. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll make sure to mention that as well. Um, Lou, how's your heart doing? How are the uh, how are the the lungs doing after all the the screaming and yelling uh, at the at Gentile on Saturday? Yeah, no. Either I have to do some reading on what a foul is from behind the arc, um, and uh, maybe just work on some voice lessons. But yeah, no, definitely a tough one to swallow. Again, bitter taste. Um, been all the last few days but again it's that's what it is when you it's a rivalry of course right that also doesn't help because they're also rivals in our own backyard as well so um now anytime we see DePaul gear I'm like god dang they have this one but again we're one and one so it can't be two down um and it was a tough game and we got extra basketball wish we didn't need it but again hey always good to get some free basketball so yeah great great Saturday though great atmosphere and I was excited more about that um, at the end of the day. Yeah, you can do some research on fouls on the perimeter. I'll do some research on the difference between goaltending and a black shot. And ooh, uh, ooh. maybe we'll be combined to be one actual good referee by the end of this year. That would that'd, um, that'd be fun. That'd be fun. Yeah, it would be. We can we can run out there and make a little extra cash on the side. So I think <laughs> I think it would be a good good investment for us. Um but yeah, so uh stick with us and always remember, never forget. Go Blurs. He jumps. He passes out to Hunter. Hunter shoots off the rim. Brown gets it scores. It's over. It's over. We won. We won the ball game. Viola won the ball game. Oh, we won. 60 to 58. And we are back. Um, so, yeah, I think a, a good place to start is probably the atmosphere. I think... I think that was a, a very fun part of the, these games. I think in the past, like you could probably go back to the Final Four year in that that last home game against Illinois State. You can put that one on there. Um, maybe the home game against Nevada the next year, even though that that game was horrible, but the atmosphere was awesome. Um, and I don't know why I'm drawing a blank on some of the games from last year, but there had to have been at least like two. Oh, uh, Missouri we were... State was also a big. I know you weren't, you didn't make that one, but yeah. I was there. That one was a big one at home. Again, at the time we were twenty second in the nation. Um, right. So last year for sure that one. Um, yeah, I think uh, you and I also was probably was uh, probably big. Um, was, oh yeah, that was a big one. That was a yeah. big one, if I remember correctly. Yeah. So yeah, again, uh, again, natural rivalry games, right? Are going to get that, and also just top level teams and from our conference are going to get that um so again we'll see that i think with a10 though not just top rivalry but also proximity right we have teams now that are kind of midwest uh teams um that people mm -hmm. that live in chicago have gone to and a lot more people so i think you'll get a packed crowd for sure it's just fun to have like you know a list of these kind of games now to pick from in terms oh, of like just yeah that's like dynamite atmosphere 
um, that that we've all created. Uh, you know, you and I, and also every all the other our nearest and dearest forty or four thousand nine hundred and whatever sixty three fans. I think is that what it sits like? Yeah, we can end just up under five. Yeah, that's a good number. Yeah, it's, it's I like that number too. Um, but yeah, it's fun to, to be able to think back and, 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 you know, uh, remember some of those great games, a great atmosphere and going forward like that. I think that's kind of the standard for like a sellout, like for that sort of crowd, um, for those big games rivalry, or like you said, like other high level opponents in our conference. Um, and that's something to like hang our hat on, you know, that that's an impressive feat to go from nothing legitimately nothing right no fans 100 fans to sellouts multiple times a year so um that part of it was awesome it's something that you know even i know you and i appreciate but we were just graduates from a few years ago but i know that like graduates from 40 years ago and have are are coming back and, and being able to appreciate that um i saw i hope this person doesn't mind us mentioning him on the podcast but uh, Go Ramblers on Twitter, I saw, tweeted that it was his first time back. Like, he, he went to school there in 96, and it was his first time back since he graduated. And I think he said something nice about, like, even though they lost, like, it was still just an awesome atmosphere. And it, it was. It was cool. I'm glad that we're able to um, provide that atmosphere uh, for for people young and old and, old, you know, old and new, you know, referring to people who have been around a long time or, or just brand new fans. Um, uh, but one of my favorite things that I saw after the game, and I'd be remiss not to mention, is um, uh, one of my favorite radio guys, Chicago radio guys, uh, Lawrence Holmes, who's on 670 The Score. Uh, for those of you locals, you probably have heard his voice multiple times. Um, he's a big DePaul guy uh, and a respectable one at that. He's had Lucas Williamson on the show multiple times um and he was at the game and he tweeted about our atmosphere and tweeted about how our student section uh creates an unreal atmosphere he urged chicago people to go see a game at at genteel and said that everyone would enjoy themselves and um yeah it's just that sort of thing is is great like i saw saint uh saint joe's um like fan page or podcast account quote tweeted it and was like man i wish we had this like just another a10 program like wishing they had what we had so don't take that for granted like i know i don't because it's it's a blast um and just just hats off to all the students that made that atmosphere incredible and they really almost did make the difference between a win and a loss uh on saturday so um yeah any 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 more thoughts on the atmosphere before i kind of shift gears and talk yeah, I'd say for atmosphere, again, like the progression of just even building what a student section, right? I don't think we really had a defined student section. And of course, this year, them being put on, on screen, right? It, that, that's the whole point of the shift is we want the um, the TV and the broadcast to capture them because um, mm-hmm. I think that the crowd goes crazy. Uh, only one tidbit, don't, um, don't scream. I don't like screaming and cheering <laughs> when our team's on offense um, just so you want to just not make it hard for our guys to hear each other. When we're on defense, absolutely confuse the other team, get them going. Uh, but don't don't go don't go too crazy. Again, I think if someone wants to show me stats to prove otherwise, I have been in situations though. We're watching 
former members of our team try to practice with a very, very loud crowd noise, and they can't call plays to each other because they can't hear each other. Um, so I think that's a little hard on offense. But again, though, isn't it crazy to say that's what I'm, I have a point to talk about? Like, I don't think six years ago, if I said that, that would have been a – well, sorry, even longer. Seven years ago, that would have been a thing um, to even no. consider. I think you would have heard more SIU six fans than you would have heard our fans. Um, and that has happened mm-hmm. where six SIU fans were cheering louder um, than our students. <laughs> actually, so. Uh, again, there's always there's always there's always a light at the end of the tunnel that's always positive, and I think the positive thing is it was a packed student section, and that is just great. Um, mm-hmm. I think uh, I don't know about Tuesday's game um, if it will be a packed uh, student section because I think, and I'm not sure. We're getting into like finals week, so I don't know when when that starts. Right, it's getting close. Um, yeah, it's getting close, and you're getting to like Christmas break. So um, for such a bummer of like not many home games this first half. Um, it's been great though to have a student section for sure. So, yeah, it's been super cool. Um, I mentioned last year, I think, on the podcast about how it was, you know, two classes, both the freshmen and the sophomores last year, who had never seen a basketball game at Loyola but know so much about it. And that was my reasoning of why I thought the the fan base, the students, were so rabid last year. This year, I mean, like it's just. That you can't say that again this year, right? Like, it's just, uh, I think it's just an awesome progression, and it's just building. It's it's not just, like, you go once and then you're done. Like, I think everyone that goes once wants to come back. Um, and those weekend games help for uh, for those out-of-towners who drive in. So, um, cool to see some, some good faces and friendly faces at that. And um, all I got to say about the DePaul people at the game was I can't believe you couldn't afford a better seat for your uh, your mascot, the, de- the, the demon. Uh, he was sitting way up, I think, fifth to last row. So, uh, I don't know. If you can afford all those NIL deals, DePaul, I think you can afford better seats for your for your mascot. So, um, yeah. Um, besides that, I as far as, like, other things go, not regarding the actual play on the court, um I, the rivalry is awesome. Like the rivalry needs to keep going. I know a lot of people are wondering if if it's set for next year. I, I want to say that like DePaul's coach. I thought I read uh, Stubblefield set, mentioned something about like oh no what it was. So this this is probably less meaningful. But um, I don't know how many people know this, but a lot of times the managers of the the teams will like play a scrimmage either before or after the actual game. And the DePaul manager's basketball team tweeted out, like, looking forward to next year or something to that effect. Mm. So it could just be that could just be like, uh, you know, trying to be nice and being like, oh, you know, it'll be fun to do it again. And then not having no idea if they're actually playing. But I thought, yeah, it was I more. think the Tribune, I think I saw something. The Tribune had something where I believe um, it said, um, there's nothing official, right? I think that was the thing. I think Drew yeah. actually said in the post game that there's nothing um, actually set in stone for next year. Um, I would hope. Um, again, I think uh, DePaul's uh, head coach looked pretty happy uh, to um, have this game under his belt. Uh, so I mm-hmm. think, honestly, this would be a, a great benefit to uh, both sides. So, again, mm-hmm. on one can only hope. But, again, we'll, we'll wait to see. But, again, I don't think – I think you might see something more come in the spring after the season 
confirming it. Or we might we might see something didn't. Again, um, sometimes you also have to plan out because maybe for all we know, there might be an A10 Big East challenge, right? Stuff like that. So maybe there is there is a sense that yeah, you kind of have to uh, wait and see. So, but again, mm-hmm. excited that we had it, and I'm pretty sure we won't be too excited talking about what the result was, but excited it happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And speaking of that result, we can we can get into it here. Um, we uh, ended up dropping the game 78-72. Uh, did go into overtime. Um, and in overtime, there was 30 points scored, which is just kind of nuts um, in terms of scoring in five minutes of basketball. Um, DePaul did miss a shot in overtime. That is, I mean, you know, no matter what happened the first 40 minutes, you can say any basketball game, and pretty much as long as team didn't turn it over every single possession if you say a team's made every single shot they took in overtime that team's gonna win right and it's um a little bit of an indictment on Loyola's defense I would say but I think more so that DePaul just hit some tough shots um you know I, I think we can go back and dissect a few of them and really meant you know say why weren't they further out why didn't they get a hand up right like on some of those shots but I think more often than not some of the shots that DePaul hit were just impressive individual performances. Um, there were some breakdowns of the defense, which we'll, we'll definitely talk about. Um, and on our end, I, I do think a few too many turnovers, but not a horrible game from that perspective. Um, but um, it was the tale of two halves, for sure. Uh, we, in the first half, we were up 37-24. I think at one point, were we up like 18, I think, or 16? was the was our largest lead and then DePaul just came out on another level um they started the second half I want to say on at least a 7-0 run maybe 9-0 um in like a minute or like 65 seconds or something so they they came out ready to roll they came out uh with some adjustments and Loyola did adjust back and I thought made some some key changes even rotations wise which as another hot button topic which we'll talk about but um, I thought they did make some adjustments uh, their offense I think changed up a little bit and they played a tighter man on man defense after getting um, after after DePaul just came out like a bat with its head was a bat with his head chicken with his head cut off thank you um, uh, I don't know why a bat with its head cut off would run out fast, but um, they came out just ready to go, and uh, it took us a little bit of time to adjust back. And at one point, then we were down uh, five and rallied back to tie the game and send it to overtime. So a lot of good stuff did happen. Um, impressive fight and fire, I thought, by our guys. The diving for the loose balls was the best it's been in a while and i'm i'm talking about like past teams too i think even last year's team there might not have been only a handful of games that were were like this one in terms of our guys just diving on the ground and and putting it all on the line um but um yeah i thought overall more good than bad in this game for sure some some positives that carried over from the central arkansas game um, but some stuff to work on as well. So, Lou, where do you want to take it? I know you had some things you were pretty fired up about. 
And I know you had a couple things that you were pretty um, happy with too. So take it wherever you yeah, want. Yeah, I think we're going let, to let's, – let's get happy out of the way because, again, a loss is not like tremendous, right? Um, but I think one thing that was interesting to see was Marquise Kennedy. Um, not only did he have the leading score, but he was his offense was pretty on point. Um, shooting over 50% uh, field goal, 50% from three, and perfect from the line. So uh, tremendous there. Um, Though Doe did have four turnovers. And I think just the defense um, still, still, I think, adjusting, honestly. I do think, again, five fouls. Um, I think that's just a little – I think last – he fouled there at the end, I think, just to stop the play or something. But um, the five fouls, I wouldn't be too worried. But I do think there still needs to be adjustment on defense. But – yeah, I think that was really a great spot to see um, just the shooting on offense, right? And then that's the sum of it. Our offense was great, like it was um, stagnant at points. But overall, the game, you shoot 52% from field goal. That's a pretty darn good um, good game. Um, now, though, again, when you say tale of two halves, it is. We shot 68% in the first half and then 39% in the second half. So two differences there same with threes um so i think that's where it needs to keep the, the consistency which um the next person just i want to talk about just a good thing is consistently tom welch six of six mm-hmm. from field goal um they kept doing the same play i'm pretty sure majority of his points might have been the same play we ran um which will be a point we'll talk about later but um i think a decent amount of minutes for him uh, which were really great and surprising so um, yeah, I think those are two things right off the bat, really, that are like positives of continuing. Um, again, there are other players to definitely talk about. Um, so, yeah, it, it's so interesting of where the offense was in the game. Again, first half on fire, right, shooting over 60%. And then I think it just got stagnant. I think we got uh, complacent a little bit with, like, the shots we were trying to take um, instead of kind of going back to maybe a formula. Um that seemed to work, which is kind of just like a mix of inside and pushing it out. Um, Cause I honestly think that um, worked in the first half and it just didn't in the second half, but yeah, if there's any other kind of w- things you want to shine a light on positive way before we kind of get into the big topics, uh, please. Yeah. Go right ahead. I, I think the biggest, my biggest takeaway is something that isn't, isn't in the box score and it, it's, nope. it's the, okay. com- the commitment to the program and we have now seen it i think a couple guys buy in and ben schweiger and saint thomas those guys are um you know both have kind of varied cases right like saint did play a bit last year ben did not um but very very limited time for both of them uh in total and i think we've seen saint i think we have seen saint turn a corner i'm i know he has scored what like five points or if that in the past two games but in this game we saw him have eight rebounds and two steals and i at least two or three times dive on the floor for loose balls only one turnover too which is fantastic i will take one turnover from saint every single time out in 29 minutes of play um ben on the other hand is just was a tough game you know not as many shooting opportunities as he did on wednesday but or Thursday, Tuesday, whatever day it was, Central Arkansas. Um, But, you know, obviously that's going to happen when you put up 26 points. You're on the scouting report. But he played 37 minutes. I thought he gave 100% every time he was on the floor, um, defending some of their top guys at times as a a freshman, 
uh, right? So those two guys we have seen, I think now, fully buy in to the Loyola Ramblers basketball brand. Like Saint is not going up there chucking up shots. All of his shots were perfectly good. Uh, two three-pointers, both of them perfectly in rhythm. They didn't fall. They're going to fall. Like he will get those shots. He will end up hitting those shots. But I'm I'm really pretty positive someone on either the bench, someone on the coaching staff, or one of his you know best buddies, someone had to have challenged Saint recently to say, hey, bud, you don't need to score to be a great basketball player. You go out, you get seven assists against Central Arkansas. You turn around, you get eight rebounds against DePaul. Like those, that's not you know by accident. He, I think, has really. Um, changed his game to be just a the type of player that whatever the team needs, that's what I'm going to go do that day. And it doesn't have to be scoring for him. Where last year and even beginning of this year, every time he took the floor, he was looking to score, right? We, we know it. We saw him shot hunting. That's not a, it's not, I don't think, uh, something dramatic to say. Like he was shot hunting when he came on the court. And now he's not doing that. Same with Ben. Ben does. Ben just lets the, the game flow through him. When he gets the opportunities, he'll take them. I, I love seeing him drive the hoop. I know he's not getting all of the foul calls yet, but driving aggressive, trying to go for dunks, taking it to the hoop, he will be getting those calls because he will be learning how to absorb contact, learning how to, to sell it, right? Like, he never had to sell anything in high school. When you're six seven and can jump out of the gym, no one is stopping you. I can tell you for a fact, coming from the western suburbs of Chicago, no one is stopping Ben Schweiger on the basketball court his senior year of high school. So, um, I just I loved what I saw out of those two guys. Um, you know, only had eleven combined points, but I thought they played fantastic. Um, even even Sheldon, I thought you know didn't play a ton of minutes. But I do as well think he's bought in too. We just haven't had the opportunity to see it a bunch yet. Um, He looks focused on defense. Um, I I do think he has become a little bit of a a dedicated rebounder. Uh, Of course, it's not. I I mentioned this to you. I remember at the game because he grabbed a rebound. I'm like, yeah, man, Sheldon's been getting up. He's been getting boards. And you turn around and he's got one rebound. And I'm like, no, 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 I promise. Like, he... He really they did adjust it to watch. two. They did adjust it to two they, rebounds if that helps. They did. But, they did. Yeah. Um, no, so, I think. Yeah, th- that's yeah, what I, it is for me. I, I'm excited about that. And I think that they will, you will see the impact more and more as the season goes on. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, the, the thing when it comes to it is like these guys have won. We've said this, I think, now a few times, but they haven't played with each other that often. Um, and then also maybe I think for some guys, it might just be like a different level. Um, maybe they weren't like the sole score of a team, right. Consistently all the time. And, um, we're, we're not looking for one person at all to be the only scorer, the only guy to step on defense. Um, but just when you have your minutes, it's that whole still, it should still be that next guy up mentality. Um, so yeah, I think, um, Again, I'm seeing a lot more assists being made. That's a positive I saw. Um, mm-hmm. But we're still trending with this game, I think, the the turnovers, right? I think they, they were still a concern. Um, but the thing is that you can have a positive and you still have a pro-con kind of negative, right? The ultimate goal is you got to just win. And I think that's the thing. It's like 
I am less worried about now how pretty a game looks or how big of the blowout is or if one guy went 50% or if get 30%. Honestly, the point needs to be the mentality of just winning and doing the right thing to win. And I think that comes on like the next big topics. It's like, what does our rotations look like? What is the type of scoring you're doing? Um, so, yeah, I think guys like Ben are going to now just learn. I don't think we're doing trial by fire with Ben, but I think the biggest thing with Ben and even Phil, right, kind of new guys, and I'm going to say Ben is new because he's new to starting and new to playing consistent minutes for the team, but it's like more like we might ask you to do things that maybe you didn't plan to do things, and I think, honestly, every guy wants to buy in, like you said. So I think it's a little bit more of responsibility and Again, I don't think anyone's going to lack in wanting to do it. I think it's just going to be like we're asking them to do more. And that's just the tough thing, right? Like sometimes it's like guys get comfortable with like, hey, I'm, I'm the a down low guy. I can score down low. Or sometimes we're going to ask them, hey, maybe we need you to like help with outlet passes a little bit, right? So I think that this group needs to find ways to help. And like they, it just mm-hmm. that's what it is. Like if they, if they realize, hey, I'm a better guy setting the screen here. I can be quick off the ball. That's kind of the hope. Um, I'll get a lot of positives and we'll get into though the negative sadly, but I think that's also a key when you say buy in, it's like when you buy in, then the next hope would be that you're ready to do kind of whatever job it's needed to win. I think that's the hope, right? That's, that's the buy in, like you mentioned there, buddy. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm getting at. And I, I, I have seen it out of Saint and out of Ben in, in these past three games, maybe you can go back to Harvard even too started seeing a little bit more then but that that's the the dirty work that saints doing on the boards that is the type of thing that i don't know that we have seen from him in the past and i, I think that's a I'm, I'm trying to pick my words carefully here because like it's it's a good development it's a progress and i'm excited for it and um that's the type of thing that makes a team right like you need to have those guys that are are willing and able to jump out of bounds into the stands just to save one possession, right? Because that one possession can be the game, um, or at least it adds up to matter in, in the final tally. So, um, yeah, I was I was impressed with a lot of the guys on the court. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, do, do you want to talk about, like, rotations? Is that some yeah, little bit I, of con? Yeah. yeah. Well, I think – I don't know if it's a con, right? But uh, the big thing, things I think we're probably going to get into is um, rotations, um, defense, um, and then just kind of an outlook, right? So the, the first one are rotations, right, Buck? Like, seems to be a back-to-back games, only eight guys playing. Um, mm-hmm. Now, barely an, an eight, I'd say, honestly. Um, again, uh, Saint is probably the sixth man, um, just with yeah. Ben starting now. I think that – but. Um, what two straight games without Jalen Quinn, or just one? Is it just this game? I think Jalen Quinn did get in briefly, but it wasn't meaningful. Meaningful. I mean, yeah, I exactly. hate to be. Yeah. No, no, and that's what it, it is. It, that's just what it is. It's again, we we call things garbage time for those reasons, right? Um, right. Jalen Quinn had five minutes. Um, he did put up a bucket on, in the Central Arkansas game, but yeah, it seems to be only like eight guys who are getting minutes, maybe even six that are getting, in my opinion, consistent double digit minutes. Um, and then it's Bryce and Sheldon Edwards, who I don't even know really Sheldon Edwards and me right now are kind of just, I'm like, where's the Sheldon Edwards who dropped so many points in the home first home opener and then hit the game winning shot. But I'm not looking for that guy. Right. 
Um, so yeah, I think I'm still struggling, honestly, with the rotations. Um, there's a big part of, I don't know why Phil was taken out with the last six minutes left in the game. Um, now if he's injured, I don't want someone to like risk their career if they're going to like get injured. Um, if there was foul trouble, but he only had one foul. Um, so I don't know the answer to that. That's just a question I'm going to put out there for you, Buck, as well. Um, and then, um, just like with the rotations, just like maybe shot selection, (laughs) we we, we talked before and we're third in the nation at two point percent, but we're also like last in attempts in the nation. So, Mm -hmm. um, I think this, this offense can score. We, we shoot now back to the games of nearly 50% a game. Um, so I would hope we can find ways to score other than one dimensional three point shooting. So. Yeah, I think the rotations and then the product of the scoring are kind of the big first two topics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, speaking of the rotation, uh, every player, if you did not know, I don't know if you know this, Lou, but every player on the Loyola men's basketball team has a jersey that you can buy on minijerseys.com. Um, we mentioned last week that we are partnering with mini jerseys, so this is part of the deal. Uh, we're going to be plugging them any way we can, and... Uh, this week, we we're talking about the jerseys um, because we will be having a giveaway this week for one of their mini jersey products. So it is not the replica jersey, but it is the smaller, almost like fits in your palm type uh, replica jersey. So the one that we have that we will be giving away uh, is a Loyola number one uh, jersey. And uh, we'll be, you can read all about it on Twitter. Uh, The tweet that goes along with posting this week's podcast episode will tell you all the details. But basically, as long as you're following us, as long as you're following mini jerseys, and as long as you comment to friends that you think would like it, you will be entered in and we will handle the giveaway next week. Um, So uh, back to the actual rotations. Um, you, you know what? Honestly, I'm okay with the eight-man rotation. Like, I, mm-hmm. I'm going to be straight up honest. I, I Yeah, I, I'm okay with it. I, I hope I you're honest. I hope are... you're honest on the podcast. I appreciate that. <laughs> True. You're welcome. Anytime. Um, yeah, I, I think these are the best eight players. I, I will mm. go as too far to say that. Um, so I'm just going to flat out say I, I disagree, but that's fine. That, okay. That's okay. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, who 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 do you think which of the players is not in your top eight that, or is not playing? That's not playing. And who are you so, taking out? Um, I would take out Sheldon and put in Jalen Quinn. Um, okay. Okay. I I think we have enough shooters where Jalen Quinn's uh, drive to the rim, and I do think you let him learn on defense. He could actually be a lockdown defender. Um, mm-hmm. Again, he has. Again, I see the tendency of like a, and I do, hate saying this, right? I don't. Like, but he just shows me a little tendency of he likes to reach, and that's what like Lucas mm-hmm. used to do. So if he can learn not to reach and cause fouls, right? Like reaching isn't a bad habit. Marquise Kennedy kind of saw that in DePaul, and then honestly, the uh, other person I'd love to see just for like minutes um, to actually see is I think Huddy. Um, I think we we can use size to our advantage, and we just don't. Um, mm-hmm. honestly. So it, that's just the only one, um, not really taken out. I think a nine man rotation makes a little sense more just because mm-hmm. it kind of gives four guys breathers. And maybe at one point, um, you can kind of nearly do if you're shooting free throws, four guys out, four guys in, um, or just also find a way. So yeah, I always get concerned yeah. just with, with under, under like even two, right. Cause that's kind of what it was. It was even, it was really just six guys on Saturday. 
like breathers, right? Are guys getting tired? And honestly, I think Ben was getting tired at some point. Yeah. Um, I, and again, I'm not saying that really hurt him. I just think like when you, when you have a young guy playing that many minutes without a break, that, that just doesn't help. Right. And so that's where my rotation's biggest thing was like, I think Ben was getting tired. And then honestly though, like when certain guys were taken off, why weren't they brought back in? And that's really just aimed at Phil Olsen didn't get back in. I was going to say, yeah, let, let's talk about that. I like, I, I agree with you. I, I don't quite understand why Phil didn't play all that much on the stretch. I'm not saying, I think what, what did you end up finding where like he came out at like the eight? He came mark? at six Oh one. I think it was, and okay. then came in. I'm not really going to, he didn't, I, he came back in with two seconds left. Um, if for people to remember, he came back in to play those two seconds of defense. But yeah, Phil came out at six. Here it is. Uh, yeah, six eleven, and then Phil mm-hmm. did not come back in until two seconds. Yeah, so. I like I. What I would have liked to have seen is just with Phil, Saint, and Ben always have two of those guys on the floor because I think they're relatively the same position. They can defend the same amount of positions. But rotate them in every, you know, let Phil come in, Ben take a two-minute breather. Then next time Ben come in, Saint take a two-minute breather. Like, just rotate them in. Like, especially really toward the end or when we were down, like, five for that one possession where we just needed a bucket one way or the other. Yeah, I have that. Yeah, that note is actually funny you say that. DePaul was three minutes scoreless. We were three minutes scoreless, but all we did was took three. Yeah. And let Phil get in there. Let him, yeah, let get give him, him a yeah. post touch. Yeah, it's it's one of those that's just kind of tough because we were down five, right? I think it was, and mm-hmm. it just it just didn't. We didn't need certain things. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I think the the thing with the rotations and Phil, I think we've seen it. That's where it's confusing, right? I I, it, I don't want to say I hope there was something, right? But I hope there's an answer to why Phil didn't play the last six minutes. Um, nor did I'm pretty sure did he play because let's not talk about we had more time uh, did Phil even I don't think Phil played in, the overtime he came in with 24 seconds left yeah no he didn't he didn't play much in the overtime not, not um, any meaningful oh and, and he made a layup and a rebound look at that offensive rebound and put yeah. back for layup wow what a, what yeah. a, what a thing that would have been um right that would have been yes so yeah i think that's the confusing thing i'm also i love your idea right those three guys what you said uh phil tom and saint right um no phil phil ben and saint oh phil ben and saint so i actually were i am i want to try some bigs i would love to see phil and bryce with tom or then Mm -hmm. huddy tom and phil or bryce huddy and tom like just some combination of the three and here's the thing People might be like, well, Phil scores. We can just use Bryce and Jake Huddy, and we could – people could be decoys. Just the idea that you have to put someone on someone big, right? Like that's the whole point. Spread the floor to where it's not we're just standing behind the arc. We saw a lot mm-hmm. more movement this game, but then in the second half, I did see us back to let's all just stand behind the arc and sit here for Braden to call one of us to set a pick. And it's like if Phil's in there – Phil ain't really – well, granted, he made a three, but Phil really is looking for the ball down low. He's looking for it, right? Huddy, mm-hmm. or, Huddy or even Bryce. Bryce is looking probably for the ball down low. Now they'll go up and set the pick, but they're going to look for the ball to go in. Now, again, we're, we're, we're a little spoiled, let's be honest. With our years of Crutwood, we saw a lot of ball going in. Well, the ball might come out, though, 
So you might have to be ready. We don't see that too much. Um, I don't think we need, like, there's no one who's like, you have to be like that. No. But I think what you have to do is have the option to go down low and feed the guy who has a hot hand down low. And honestly, going into this game, Phil had the hot hand down low, um, just like Ben is having the hot hand from three. So why don't you feed the, the hot hand? And I think that's just a confusing thing on the rotations. It's like when you need a bucket, you hope you have something to go to. Um, now, again, Tom did great with the same play. I think we ran five times where it sets the pick, goes around the screener, um, and then is there for the out. Now, again, we, I think we only had, what, two clean alley-oop passes for a dunk. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the tie one, I don't know how it went in. Or, sorry, the the one to be down one because, again, Tom tied the game with the free throw. But to go down one and go score 59, I don't know how it went in. But it was the same play, and it seems to work. I just think maybe let's try it with other people or let's rotate something in. We're not just becoming the same consistent play. Just only if that's our only way to score. And I think that's not, I think Phil can be an answer. I think Bryce can be an answer. When our shots seem to not be falling the second half, we have to find another way to score. We can't just shoot our way out of it because honestly we didn't need a three in those situations. Like you said, we could have just potentially gone for a bucket down low because we were getting stops. Um, so I think that's the cra- that's kind of a crazy thought. It's that wait, we were able to get the stops. Why are we shooting threes? I don't think it needs to be forced that way. So mm-hmm. and again, rotations have been a question. I think the biggest root of it is honestly we, we these guys haven't played. This isn't the teams we're used to. And I think people need to realize that this is a completely new team, completely new setting for them of like how rotations are gonna go. And guys are learning, right? Sadly we're not uh Ben might have registered, but Ben still needs to like figure out how to play. And I think he figured it out this week, and now it's like, okay, well, there's things to improve on to find consistency. And I think Saints finding consistency of like figuring out where in a game he can benefit. And there are games he's going to need to score, and there are games he's going to need to help facilitate. And Central Arkansas was a sift. This game, he nearly had 10, 10 rebounds. Would like to see maybe a few more. He had two steals, which is great. Um, but mm-hmm. like a few more interactions, but again, he's kind of the sixth man. So he was kind of, I think, helping facilitate the kind of the game. Right. So I think let's not just have it to six. Let's have Bryce also facilitate things, right? Let's have Sheldon try to facilitate things or Jalen Quinn, or again, some people are going to call me crazy, Huddy. Um, but I think that's the key with this rotation issue. Buck is really let's try something different than just the same play four times. Um, yeah, it, it, it definitely, that one, I think, sticks out in our head so much, especially because, you know, that was the play, same play they ran at the end of regulation that didn't end up working. And that that is the bummer, right? It, it works four times, right? But the fifth time, it's not going to work. Or, you know, I guess that's just, it happened to be the way it did this time. But, um, you know, I, I think they did try to run some different stuff, uh, especially with Marquise. I think Marquise was... Um, we, we mentioned him at the, the top of you know the pod or whatever and how great he was but um, it was it was excellent to see him back to his old self I guess you could say or new and improved self um, but yeah I'm, I'm really curious to see this next game how much new stuff is implemented versus Green Bay or if they're really uh, trying to just hammer down what they know and make sure that the stuff that is working gets better. And, and it gets more time to be practiced. 
or put into action, I guess. Um, but yeah, I, and, and what you're saying, I think about, about letting some other people facilitate the offense. I think that's a good point, right? Like we're going to be able, they're going to scout for Marquise and Braden, uh, bringing up the ball and for those guys initiating offense, but yeah, let, let's run a play where we got Bryce Golden at the top of the key and, and have like a little bit of like a Cameron Crutwig throwback, right? I think he's yeah. a good enough passer. We've seen we've seen some of his nice passes so far this year. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be multiple times a game, twice, right? Run it twice a game where high post, you may be a backdoor screen on the baseline, um, both guys cutting, or high-low action with him and Phil, like that sort of thing. So, um, but yeah, I think you're right. I'm uh, I'm I'm hoping that there are a little, just a couple more wrinkles added to their to their offense going forward because i think they have some good building blocks but uh, some variation would be beneficial i think to the offense so absolutely yeah and that's the thing it's like this offense is right there and it's 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 not really like oh we're in the depths where we dug ourselves a big hole no i think it's just like there are gaps to fill and that's all it really is it's nothing like detrimental that's the thing you've talked about it's like there is progression on the offensive side that has been like oh that looks really nice and then it's like just trying to find that consistency where it's not you don't see we don't want a pendulum of like oh we're doing really great for only a few minutes and then we get into the scoring droughts and that's happened before in past right Loyola was a team maybe three four years ago where it's like a few games we had been like a five minute scoring drought honestly I do believe I remember seeing five minutes so it's yeah. like you don't want those gaps right um, you want to be able to find that answer when you're when another team goes on a six zero run to be able to get a bucket right those are i think those are those gaps i think we need to fill an offense but no again offense though shooting in total from the game over 50 percent is great um but mm-hmm. i think the biggest thing though is when our offense maybe not be clicking was the defense there what do you what do you rate the defense or what was your insight on the defensive side this is tough i mean so tough I, so yeah it is because I do think they played well. Like I really, truly, other than the way they came out in the second half, I thought they played pretty solid. Um, I want to say like a B plus. Like I, there's some of those deep threes that DePaul hit. There's nothing you can do. I mean, as much as you want to say, oh, go get a handout, you're gonna go face guard a guy like 32 feet from the basket, like. It, like especially for a guy like maybe Ben or Saint or something, those quick guards that they got switched on are gonna blow right by them. Like those, they have two legitimately great and Jalen Johnson. I guess he's listed as a forward, but I still think he's a guard. And uh, you mm-hmm. is it Umoja Gibson or whatever yeah, Gibson? Yep. Gibson, yeah. Those guys are gonna blow right past Ben and Saint if you come out thirty-two feet from the hoop, like. Stick, you know, put your maybe your heels on the three-point line, and then be a be a defender and step out if you think they're gonna shoot, right? But stay on the ground, get your hands up. They know all the cues. Um, so those aren't things that bother me. The backdoor cuts, yes, those are those are problem problematic. Those need to stop. For example, we talked before we started recording for probably fifteen minutes about the play that Tom Welch, I think, got a block. It was called a goaltend on a backdoor cut that was pretty darn wide open. Um, that can't happen, right? Like that, that is not, uh, I guarantee you drew is not okay with that play. 
happening. So those are the things that need to get fixed. And if those get fixed, if those backdoor cuts stop happening and they're able to defend against that, and then all all opposing teams have are deep threes or beating a guy one-on-one, then that's a pretty solid defense, right? So, um, yeah, I, I think they did a pretty good job. Uh, they did an excellent job uh, at limiting offensive rebounds. Uh, DePaul got three, so that is a huge step forward. We dominated the rebounding battle, which for us is a huge deal. Um, we were we had 36, they had 23. Um, so that's excellent to see. Um, and yeah, I thought I thought some guys stepped up. We've talked about effort plays. I thought some guys stepped up with some some high level and uh, effort plays. Um, and uh, you know, there wasn't a huge big that Tom Welch had defend had to defend. But I thought Tom did a great job under the basket as well. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go with a B plus. Uh, and the caveat was the the beginning of the second half. That was not an okay stretch. So, yeah. Um, you want to give I a think, rating? Yeah, I think for me it's just a B um, because um, – a, a low B just because I wanted to see the backdoor cuts. Yeah, I think um, it's not that uh, we – did terrible um the first half i think could have been a lot closer they just missed a lot of shots there were a lot of wide open opportunities and they kept doing the backdoor cut they did it a few times not as consistent as the second half in the first half so i think that's the thing it's like depaul themselves was running the same play now the three points three points from deep i do not care about you go let them if they want to shoot 40 footers like go let them and they were just doing it and that's great, but when it's a wide open, and again, the Tom Welch block slash goaltending, whatever we want to call it, um, conspiracy moving forward, um, <laughs> that's just one play of it. There were at least five more, and like you said, that early second half, where it just they kept running the same thing. Let's bring up a guy, distracted defender. And I know Drew had the team kind of playing double team, right? Kind of locking up the ball when the switch anything happened, right? But you just... You, you can't be given up just a, a wide open look, I guess. That, that's the thing. It looks way worse when it's wide open, and there were just yeah. too many opportunities, I think, like that. So, yeah, I think the defense is kind of the, the – not – yeah, it's a catalyst, but, like, the thing is right now it's, it's, it's going to be, I think, what helps us turn our offense into something that's consistent is when the defense also is kind of that consistent. And we saw spurts of it with the stops we were getting at one point they were up 60 to 55 and we kept getting stops we didn't have an answer but we kept getting stops and it's like whoa we can do this um and honestly a thing that um i just would like to see would be a little bit more it's not really on ball it's more that like maybe aggressive toward the pass um a good example uh just for this one example it's just Ben, at one point, I asked you, Buck, uh, he had his back to the ball, right? And it was a skip pass across from DePaul over to Ben's guy. And if Ben was, I were on the ball, I think he would have easily, like, had the steal because he would have probably jumped in front of it. But then he's not having his eye on the defender. So, like, finding that interesting consistency of, like, putting yourself in the position, I think, to watch your defender, but also be also knowing where the ball is, right? Because that could help with help defense that can help with traps um those are kind of keys that i think would be interesting to see a little bit different but i think we try to do something different on saturday 
And really, just there were a lot more points in the second half where it bit us, kind of bit off more than we could chew, right? I think it worked in the first half, and it just when it didn't work in the second half, an adjustment had to be made, but we kind of kept going back to that same defensive schema. Um, so it was just overall a tough one in the second half. They were just on fire from three, and that's fine. Teams are going to do it. We were on fire in the first half. But being able to kind of lock down down low would have been, I think, a bigger contested game for sure. Um, mm-hmm. And then the fouls, and when people look at our fouls, yeah, they went to line a crap ton more compared to us. Um, I think uh, they went 19 times. Um, but the thing is that also didn't help is they were, like, perfect from free throw. So 17 mm-hmm. of their points came from free throw. Uh, we have we had eight. So I think the defensive fouls, I, I don't mind them. Like, Marquise Kennedy fouled out. And so did Braden, right? So I think they were just being aggressive at the end there. Um, also, though, Bra- uh, Braden, yeah, Braden got called for that ridiculous foul from deep, right? Um, yeah. So that was ridiculous. That's not a foul. That's I don't even think the ball was in anyone's hands. So um, yeah, I think the defense is there. It just though I think there's a difference of like on ball defense and recovery. I think the mm-hmm. Tom tried to do it, but Tom isn't the guy who needs to recover when he's all the way out on the top of the key. It should be another guy who's playing down low to kind of be like, hey, switch, and I got the guy now in the corner. Um, but, again, we'll see, right? I think that's the thing. It's like we're going to see a lot of this when it comes to A-10. There are going to be different teams who spread the floor. There are going to be teams who can run the floor. How do we adjust? And I think this DePaul was a little bit of a wake-up for defense where it's like when a team can shoot from deep and then also just break, kind of completely break down our defense, we need to find some consistency of like, okay, switch it up either give up the three or force them into a harder shot, but just can't give up the wide open um, down low, right? Because none of the threes were wide open. That's the crazy thing. These threes mm-hmm. were, like, deep, and they were contested, um, and guys were just – just I can't, they were making them. So you had to have DePaul there. You can't, can't say anything wrong about that. DePaul just knew where to make their shots. Um, so, yeah, 54% for DePaul from three and then Jeez. they did not miss a shot except for one free throw in all of overtime. So that also just was a lot. And all the majority of their points in OT were from three. So it's a, it's a little, it's a little disheartening on defense you might think, but I think um, it's just something you need to make those adjustments in the second half when it, it just came off so hot to Paul. They came right. off so hot and that was just so tough. And I think Drew responded to call that timeout. And then it just didn't help that seven straight. I think they went on a seven zero run of just free throws. So yeah, after I think Braden hit a three. Yeah, and, and then they went on like a seven zero run, but just from free throw. Um, yeah. So yeah, it gets a little frustrating for sure. Um, but I think um, adjustments can be made to also not get us in those situations that we're kind of being like, oh, they just had a better, they had the better luck of the draw. Like, no, I think I think we can that whole like not just stepping up but also finding that role that best fits the situation i think that's going to change throughout even every four minutes right like from 16 minutes left in the game to eight minutes left we got to be ready to like switch up some schemas i think that's the biggest adjustment can guys be comfortable with just changing up what the game plan was when things kind of are being broken so yeah it's tough i think the defense was there and it's like they have so many great um highlights I just think there's also opportunities to always improve. And that's the thing. This team, I think it just needs to improve in some gaps. And there's just gaps. But there's also great, great um, things to tip our caps to for the, for even our guys. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, allowing 60 points in regulation, that you're going to win the game more often than not when, when this team is only allowing 60 points in regulation. Obviously, they still had to play five more minutes, and yes, they let up 18 points in overtime. You can't take that out. But, uh, yeah, I think 60 points in regulation is a darn good place to start, and improving from there is is what makes probably, you know, is the difference between a good defense and a great defense. So, I know yeah, they're I think, shooting for great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. That's a great point. I just want le- to – we are in a negative scoring margin right now of five, roughly. Um, we score 66.9 uh, points, and our opponents score 72. Um, so, like you said, those 60 points of regulation, that's way below our average of letting opponents score. And granted, right. 18 points, though, brings it way up. It's up to 78. So, um, yeah, and I think the three um, – the three, even regardless of the three um, blowout losses, right, those three games, that's the crazy thing, right? All those three games were – like blowouts, but not until one half. So mm-hmm. I, I think that's the finding that consistency. But yeah, we we've been right now a lot of high scoring games. I think the only ones maybe Texas A and M, yeah, Texas A and M and Harvard. I think were the only two games. Oh, and UIC, and UIC that are below seventy. Everything else is above seventy. So I think like you, I really love your point. If we can get back to like bringing teams back below the mean, and getting them back to maybe the sixty eight games. It's kind of crazy, but that's kind of just those games that people would kind of say, what a low-scoring Loyola game. But, hey, if that's the defense that gets us to win. That's the defense that gets us to win. That's kind of the hope. Right, exactly, yeah. I think I think they'll look at the tape and see a lot of positives from the defense and some things they need to fix. So Absolutely. Um, I think it's a step in the right direction for 40 minutes, and uh, you take that with a grain of salt and move on to the next one and do better the next game. And I, I think that's, that's their goal is to – limit um uh man green bay to probably less than 60 points i'd, I'd imagine oh, that's their that would, that's a very good i like that yeah i think that's a goal like it's not about how much we put up i think locking down a team um and limiting their opportunities is going to be crucial for sure yeah yeah um yeah i don't know i think that's kind of that's kind of all i got besides my rambler roundup so if you have any other any other points about the the men's basketball team go uh go ahead yeah i think just looking ahead right so we have green bay tomorrow and then clemson um i don't think people need to like i think clemson regardless of acc i think they're gonna be a good game um i think it's gonna be a tough game for us um so i think um again it's down in atlanta right um so mm-hmm. just gonna be it, it's technically a neutral site for sure but I don't know how many loyal fans. But if you're going, uh, safe travels there. But uh, yeah, Clemson has been off to a pretty darn good start. Um, they just blew out Wake Forest by 20 the other day. So and they kind of have a, a not so heavy of an opponent right before us. So I think Clemson's going to come out ready to score. So I'd be excited for that game for sure. But again, tomorrow, I agree with you, Buck. Tomorrow should be a game about fixing those gaps, but also having a goal and it shouldn't be not only just to win the game, but like, let's limit our, let's limit the uh, opponent to 65 points or let's not turn the ball over more than 15 times. Right. Stuff like that should be something that if we can play a game where you set goals like that, it can help you prepare then for games like Clemson on Saturday. But um, I think the first thing is just to look toward green Bay first. We are not in a situation. Mm -hmm. I think right now to be like, Oh, let's look toward Clemson. Like, 
nope, sadly, we just got to look toward Green Bay, and that's one game at a time right now. And, that, and that's the hope for sure. Yeah, one game at a time for sure. Um, and uh, <laughs> turn the uh, turn the ship around. So, um, the my just kind of last few notes. Uh, big shout out to Ben Schweiger for winning the A10. Uh, I don't know if it's a freshman of the week or a newcomer of the, of the week. week. R- rookie, yeah, thank you. Yeah, rookie of the week. Um, huge performance from him. Him obviously last week against Central Arkansas, and then a quality um, quality outing against Paul as well. Um, and then uh, shout out to the women's basketball team for another W this past week. Uh, after the game on Saturday, after the men's game, they went out and came back from, I think it was 13-point deficit, and um, they uh, stunned Bradley. So uh, always good to beat Bradley, uh, whether they are in our conference or not. Uh, huge shot by Maya Chandler uh, with 33 seconds left to put them up two points. And uh, big games from Sophia Nolan and uh, Sam Galanopoulos. So, um, yeah. What was the crowd? They got a, Did they have any? Triple? Um, it was. It, yeah, it was kind of. It was pretty. As far as the women's games go, that was the best crowd I've seen so far. Nice, nice. Um, I would say rough estimate, maybe six hundred, something like nice, that. Nice. Like I saw some photos. Was, it looked like there was a student section that stayed. Yeah, um, I would say there was like 150 students, maybe. Like it, it dwindled, obviously, as the game Absolutely. went on. But yeah. like, they did some giveaways and stuff late in the second half. So there was, mm-hmm. yeah, I would say 150-ish students, and you That's know, awesome. Bradley actually had a pretty solid section as well. So oh, they did. Yeah, again, interstate interstate rivalry there that could be um, a thing for sure. So that's awesome. Yeah. It will. I think it will be. Uh, I kind of mentioned it a little in my article about the game, but um, so Guth uh, coached the head coach of Bradley. Her name's Kate Popovich. Get out of here. Uh, yeah, at Northwestern. So Guth's lat or wait, hold on, Guth's last <laughs> year at Northwestern. I yeah, twenty. I know it's twenty twelve, twenty thirteen. It was Kate, the Bradley's head coach, Kate. Her senior season at Northwestern. Mm-hmm. Guth was an assistant coach at Northwestern, so uh, gotcha. yeah, they had a they had a fun little embrace, and they uh, actually before the game, Bradley's coach came up to Guth and goes, "Hey, can we just end this game in a draw? Like, <laughs> I don't want to. You know, can we just both win?" <laughs> yeah, oh, that's funny. So, that's funny. It was a that's good, awesome. yeah, it was a good win for them, and they now uh, are rewarded by playing DePaul at home this week, and they go on the road to play number twenty four Marquette on Saturday. So big week for them. Big Hopefully if they just pull out one W and that would be huge. So yeah. Um, I think that's going to do it here from Buck and Lou at podcast 63. Uh, we're back to our normal scheduled podcast for the foreseeable future. So Monday night, Tuesday morning. Um, and uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's get another W tomorrow and always remember, never forget. Go Blairs. <laughs>